Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. When we go on road trips, when we hop in the car and decide to go for a long drive, one of the things we uh, we all like to do is uh, toss our diets out the window. It seems that we all give ourselves a free pass to eat whatever we want when we're on a road trip. Right. The most popular options are mostly junk food. Tough to eat healthy on the road. Yeah, there's not many uh, decent uh, veggies at a gas station. <laughs> you're on, you're on route. Yeah. <laughs> you can find uh, some fruit in a, in a little snack cup. It's more expensive than the hamburger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're not really sure how long it's been there. The uh, top road trip snacks are chips, chocolate, cookies, nuts or seeds, and granola bars. Our favorite thing about a road trip are the snacks. Not right. the family. No. <laughs> Not the view. No. You kidding? Look at the beautiful mountains. I can't be bothered. I'm eating an ice cream cone. Tired of the family by the time we pull into the driveway. Yeah. But we do enjoy our snacks. And we like stopping along the way, seeing things. And that's the thing. If you're going to take a road trip to somewhere, you really should include the drive as part of the trip. Like if you say you're going to drive out to the East Coast. Right. You know, stopping off in like Quebec City or spots along the way to see things. Now, we do a road trip east every year to the Gas Bay area. And every year we say, oh, we're going to stop along the way. We should stop and see Quebec City, cross yeah. the uh, the river and, and go down into old Quebec. And it's beautiful. I've been. Um, but then you get in the car <laughs> and you say... Let's just get the hell there. <laughs> Do we want to extend this pleasure longer? You know, the um, I I have often thought I don't know of anybody lazier than me, but I think you top it. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> I think you might top it. I think we tend to romanticize a lot of things when it comes to our vacations and and, well, and how kids. and how it's going to be. Even yeah. even flights. Like you, with young kids, people will say, oh, it's, they'll be excited. They'll be on the plane. We'll show them the, the cockpit as we pass that part. And they'll be excited to look out of the window and see what's going on. Mm. And then the second you sit down, you regret the whole idea. Mm-hmm. You find out, like, oh, is there a movie on this thing that they can pass them? Or is there, can I just pump them up with some kind of drug, some gravel that'll make yep. them pass out for all of this? We're just we're completely on edge. I think that, yeah, well, children are the worst. I mean, they ruin everything. But I, uh, I maybe now that your children are ent- entering a phase where they're not so childlike, you, you might be able to uh, do the stops like in Quebec City or something and enjoy things along the way. But, yes, when they're young, you just want to get there. The only problem is they're at the age now, and I was at this age, you know, early teens, when my parents decided, let's do a road trip, uh, we flew to Calgary and then drove across the Rockies mm. to Vancouver. Gorgeous drive. Mm. I saw maybe 10 minutes of it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had my Walkman in for the entire time and uh, and kind of looked out. I, you know, grumbled when we saw the last spike and grumbled at every stop that we made. And I think my kids are at that phase now, where yeah. if I had planned some fantastic road trip, that we're going to go down to Arizona and through Sedona and all the cactus, I, I would look back and they'd be 
you know, face in their phones. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Watching something, and it would probably drive me nuts. I think the last road trip, I was a little older. I think the last road trip my family took together was like up to Wawa or something. We didn't even get out of the province. Uh, and it was the four of us in like a like a Ford Fiesta, like something really small. Okay. Whatever my dad's last company car was, they really started pulling back on the fringe benefits of the company cars. Right. By the end, it was just this little four-cylinder, a tin cup. But again, we romanticized, though, because we've talked about it. Let's stop in Quebec City. Let's take him to the Plains of Abraham. Yeah. Where, where Canada was born. And, you're the, and you do that drive war. every summer. I know. But I also know that the Plains of Abraham, Abraham is... It's a big field. Yeah. There's, there's oh, yeah. not a hell of a lot to see. I mean, yeah. you really have to imagine when you're standing there that, well, imagine all the bodies that were strewn along this thing as, as yeah. Canada fought for, for their right to remain a country. And, and, and I know my kids are going to look at it and say, well, all right, we're on a hill. When can we get some poutine? Here's the, here's the thing. And, and, and I know this now because I'm at a different phase than you are with children. Yeah, they don't care about any of that. And... Not that far off. They're not even going to want to do that road trip to Quebec. Right. Oh, yeah. They're going to go, have fun, Mom and Dad. We're yeah. staying home. Uh-huh. And your wife's head is going to fall <laughs> off of her shoulders. <laughs> but, and this is what you got to get, and, and I say this all the time because this is one of the problems, and I'm I'm dead serious about this. You, you, the Both of you have to get your head wrapped around this. There's going to come a day that it's just the two of you. Oh, yeah. You And, and, and. You have to be able to accept that they don't want to be involved in your life anymore as as little as they can. Uh-huh. They want to be with their friends and their life. Oh, I know. And that is a great opportunity, if the two of you are still into each other, where you can stop in Quebec City and have a great meal and oh, sip sure, some wine and, I'm sure and stay we will. in a nice hotel overnight. <laughs> and I'm sure we and will have sex at, again. at that point. Yes. But, but so many couples don't. Right. They, they get so, because they spent their whole life raising children, and I've said this to you before, and it, was, it came from Maria, and I've always remembered it, before there was kids, there was us. True. And I'm already making those plans. You have to. You (laughs) have to. Or that marriage and so many of them go in the toilet. But when it comes to the family road trip, we we just tend to romanticize so much about how it's going to be and we're going to show them this and they're going to care and love it. Yeah, and they don't. No, No, no. No, and I don't, you know what, things like the the field of, uh, what was it called? Plains of Abraham. I don't even know, and it's the birth of our country. It's great, huh? I know more about <laughs> Hamilton in the U.S. than I do of our own country. And I think that's true of a lot of Canadians. But, yeah, all of that stuff, young kids don't care, and and why would they? Right. Really, why would they? Um, unless it was an amusement park in, you know, the Plains. Mm. Then they would like that. But we yeah. do it. We do it so eventually they can say, "Well, yeah, they've been there. My parents took me." Mm-hmm. And we hope that they at least remember that they were there. Maybe not so many yeah. details of it. Uh, you know, to be perfectly honest, and this is embarrassing to admit, I'd never even heard of that place until you just said it. <laughs> I think bands play there occasionally. Like they have festivals and stuff they there. Do. Yeah, Dave Grohl's been there. Yeah, you that, probably have a better chance of seeing that. I think the Stones played there once. If you're a uh, fan of Brian Cranston, you got to enjoy him while you can, because he says in three years, he's done. Wow. And he's 67 now, so I guess he wants to retire at 70. 
And he says he wants to retire from acting in 2026, shut down his production company, sell his half of a, a booze company that he uh, that he's involved with, and leave the country with his wife, Robin. He wants to leave the States, and he's thinking about moving to France. He says for the past 24 years, his wife, Robin, has led her life holding on to his tail. She's been the plus one. She's been the wife of a celebrity. She's had to pivot and adjust her life based on mine. She's had tremendous benefit from it, but we're uneven. I want to level that out. She deserves it. I want to go for day trips and have the fire in the fireplace and drink wine with new friends and not read scripts. I'm not going to take phone calls. Interesting. Yeah. Sure. Not a bad life. <laughs> yeah, but then someone calls you with a boatload of cash. and <laughs> Breaking bad, too. Here's <laughs> okay. $10 billion. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know that I would want to necessarily uh, retire and move to another country. I certainly would want to, when that day comes. I really hope I am uh, afforded the opportunity to not spend my winters here. Mm. Really, really hope uh, I'm able to do that. I, I couldn't imagine. So I have always thought it was so weird when people always. This has always been a thing. People want to retire to the country. They want to sell everything and go live in Perry Sound or Muskoka <laughs> or something. And okay, if you're an outdoorsy person, right. that, that's great. But as you age, there's more and more risk to that. And the idea of like being just snowed in for like January, February, March, well, November, even Perry Sound, it could start in October for crying out loud. Yeah. So like so many months of the year in the cold. Just and my parents did it, and they did it for about ten years. They lived up in Port McNichol. We called it Port McAlcohol because that's all. What else are you gonna do? <laughs> What else are you going to do? Well, what, what, what is there to do? I you think, can only snowshoe so much. True. But I, I think for many, you just sitting around watching TV, having a glass of wine in the uh, in the cabin with snow all around you and falling is, is what their idea is. Snow really is the biggest hamper when you have things to do. Mm -hmm. When you don't have things to do, like there's no rush to shovel the driveway or there's the plow coming at the end that you got the frustration over. Right. You got nowhere to go. Right, but then when maybe it's not such a big deal. Maybe not, but even if you have a snow plow, when you're into your early 70s and carrying on, going out, like my dad was doing it, I think they were there for his late 50s into his late 60s. And by the time they moved, he had had enough of plowing snow, mm -hmm. you know. And you get to a point where you just can't do it. Like, could you imagine your parents? Like, hey, they live here. They've got you. It's good. Imagine them living in Perry Sound. They'd be screwed. Right. Yeah. Plus, if you have a medical emergency, where are you going? <laughs> One time my dad had to have something done with his heart. They couldn't do it in Port McAlcohol. Right. They would fly him down to Barrie, or they took him in some ambulance down to Barrie to do the surgery and brought him back up. It, it, it just, it, it's, I think as you get older, you need to be closer to, I don't know, hospitals <laughs> and, and, and life. Like the idea, again, okay, sure, sitting in the cabin, sipping some wine seems like a romantic notion. But when you're doing it for seven or eight months of the year, right? I mean, wouldn't it be nicer to sip that wine at a corner, you know, little bistro than... The middle of nowhere? Sure. But I don't know if many people see that as being affordable to them. Yeah, no, that's true. And maybe, true. you know, the idea of being in the sunshine 
Uh, it sounds great if you're on a beach at a resort, mm. but in a double wide in a trailer park in mid Florida isn't everyone's ideal. I would rather live in a dumpster in the sunshine <laughs> than the snow. <laughs> so, like, when your parents bought the cottage, was there ever an idea that they would retire to that cottage? That they would live there? I don't think so. No. Can you imagine like, living in the country when um, you retire? Uh, no. No I, no, I I couldn't. I think I'd have to have a mix of both. Right. Um, I, I just because you're just it's it's you're remote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like I think I'd I'd go insane. Yeah. But I mean, it's to each their own. So some that's what they that's what they crave about that is the separation. I uh, and and many people have done it, and I'm sure many people have enjoyed it. But I've also spoken to many people. Uh, I've known people in this industry, and you live in your own bubble, so it's just kind of what you know. And so in this industry, I knew a lot of people who were getting to a point where they're like, I'm just going to go take a, uh, a weekend job in, like, you know, Fredericton. Right. And I'm going to live on a rock. Yeah. I'm going to go to Kingston, and I'm going to just <laughs> do evenings at a little local radio station. And I'm going to – and they last about a year. And yeah. then they go, this absolutely sucks. <laughs> this is so boring. Now, we, well, my parents were up north. We, we loved it because the kids were young, and we'd go up, and we'd spend a week with them, and we'd take them to the beach, and in the wintertime, we'd take them tobogganing, and all that was great. Yeah. But I, by the time the week was up, especially in the winter, I'm like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I, this, this, this sucks. Uh-huh. And I'd see my parents, like, they'd be in the living room window, like, with their hands on the window, like, take us with you. <laughs> <laughs> what have we done? Uh, as we, uh, you know, as we go through this life, people come and go into our little circle, into our bubble. Some stick around for a long time. Others kind of come and go. And I've, and I've always had this uh, feeling or opinion that people are in your lives for a purpose. And when that purpose is done, you move along. Mm. And... Um, but there is a way, supposedly, to determine, a quick way to figure out if you want someone in your life. You just do the two beers and a puppy method. Two beers and a puppy? Two beers and a puppy. It's a simple two-question test that lets you uh, tells you basically everything you need to know about how you feel about a friend, a coworker, a coworker, a family member, or anyone. Okay. Would you want to have two beers with that person? Right. And would you trust this person to look after your puppy for the weekend? Hmm. If you can answer a clear yes to both, that means you really value value your relationship with the person, you like them, and you trust them. If the answer to one or both questions is no, you have to make a choice. Should you invest time to fix the relationship, or it is a sign that you've grown too far apart and it's time to move on? Right. I would say if the answer to both is no, then perhaps it's time to move on oh, right yeah, away. Yeah, you've been waiting too long to end it. Right. I will say, Lucky, I could tolerate you for a beer. Two, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but now that you have a dog, I think I can trust you with the dog for the weekend. Right. Prior to that, when you weren't a dog owner... So, I, I don't know about you. Right. 
Well, me? What do you think? Well, when it comes to you, it's, gar- <laughs> it's guaranteed two beers because there's no way you stop at one. No, probably a lot more. <laughs> and so, it's guaranteed you're driving home. <laughs> so generally, I have to have two beers with you. And really, uh, two beers in this whole scenario insinuates that you're spending some amount of time in conversation with the person. Right. But knowing how fast you drink a beer, two beers is really not that long to tolerate. They can be gone pretty the fast. The puppy is the topper of the two. <laughs> <laughs> knowing your disdain for all things that are not um, in your house already. Well, no, listen. And your toleration of things that are young and immature. Well, children I can't stand. Right. You know that to be true. But... Here's the thing about me, and and you've seen it. I can fake it when I need it. (laughs) But for a whole weekend? Yeah, I I, dogs, I'm better with dogs. If you ask me to watch your kids for a weekend, I'd rather jump in front of a train. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) And not just your kids. Your boys are fine. Anybody's kids. I don't like any of them. I've seen you with that Sully. He did okay. Yeah, I was great with Sully. I was great with Murphy. When your kids are at my house, I'm very kind to them. Yes. I, I, I speak to them. I offer them popsicles. Right, and, yes. So I can fake it. <laughs> I, I, I might not like children, but it's not their fault. They're children. I, gotcha. know, I It's it's my problem, yes. not theirs. You I are constantly, it's not you, it's me. I, I'm totally aware of my issues, <laughs> and they're numerous. And I know, I, I know it in me. Uh-huh. So when I have to, much like a serial killer, when right. I have to ask kind, ask right. kind I can turn it on. Mm-hmm. No, I would honestly, Lucky, I would say I would happily drink two or three or four beers with you as long as you are picking up the tab. And I, <laughs> <laughs> and I would happily watch your puppy at any time. Oh, that's going to take down that note. No, I would. I Record would. that conversation. Of course I would. I would watch your dog. Again, though, your children, you're going in the shed. Uh, the scientists have been hard at work. They're always hard at work doing all sorts of interesting things and uh, trying to find out what our history means to the future and trying to make our future better. And one of the things they've learned from history is it turns out we weren't the first to bury our dead. A 100,000 years before modern humans, a species was already doing it. They also carved stuff on cave walls, but their brains were about a third the size of ours. Wow. I think they were still probably smarter. <laughs> I, we, we, we have uh, lost some brain cells along the way. Yes. We have dumbed it down incredibly. At a time when we could all be so much smarter, and we're just not. Well, we invent technology to make us dumber so yeah. that we don't have to know things. Uh, how old were you when you uh, first got glasses? You've been wearing glasses a long time, right? Uh, yeah, I was uh, high school, I think. All right. 14. Well, that must have been a fun time to get glasses. Oh, yeah. Great time. Let's get, let's get braces, <laughs> glasses, and pimples at the same time. Did you wear braces? I did, yeah. You can't tell. I know. <laughs> oh, I know. Here's, the top did okay. The bottom teeth, yeah. yeah. I've got. I've just got. I'm. I'm so embarrassed of my teeth. That's why when I'm in pictures, I will never do a big mouth smile. Oh, really? It's always a closed mouth. Oh, yeah. I just. I hate my teeth. But you know, this is just a sign of the times. In the 70s, both my sister and I needed braces, 
but it was decided that they, my parents could only afford one set, <laughs> and it went to the girl because she needed to be pretty. <laughs> Well, you've got that personality thing to cling oh, on to. Oh, yeah. I'm just full of personality. <laughs> um, well, pretty soon, uh, kids uh, like yourself back in the, the day might not have to get glasses <clears throat> because there's some work being done on special eye drops that could prevent or delay eye issues. Wow. <clears throat> that'd yeah. be massive. Yeah, that'd be good. Optometrists all over the world are like, no. <laughs> well... You guess who will control the eye drops? No, that's true. Pretty sure they won't be free. Um, we have electric cars, of course, but a cruise company has revealed plans for a zero emissions electric cruise ship. Okay. I don't know where you plug this thing in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> Better have some big batteries. Right. Actually, it has retractable sails covered in solar panels, so I guess that's how they keep it going. All right. It could set sail as soon as 2030. Interesting. Yeah. Cruise ships are so massive now, though. Oh, bigger and bigger. <laughs> They're floating cities. It's amazing. Like, you look at, uh, often, you look at a big, massive plane in the air. I think, how the hell does that thing stay in the air? But even more so, cruise ships and cargo ships. Mm. How do these things stay floating? <laughs> Shouldn't they just sink? Uh, an estimated 15% of uh, adults have uh, tinnitus, the buzzing in the ears. Okay. And now a team has developed a new treatment device. Not available yet, but that is terrific because uh, I have family members who struggle with uh, tinnitus. Tinnitus, or some call it tinnitus, some call it tinnitus. Uh, I've heard doctors call it tinnitus. Ask your father. Get him on the it, line. It depends on when, where, they're, uh, where they've studied, mm. too, sometimes. Because yeah. I know my dad... Had, he always said Achilles tendon, but it, that was a British pronunciation. Oh, okay. For it. So, yeah, this buzzing in the ear can be really annoying if if you don't know what it sounds like. It's that sound you get when you've been at a really loud concert after. Right. But it's constantly there. Um, and, and my my family, because you do develop it sometimes from listening to things loudly, being at a lot of concerts. Yeah. Like, and they they all say to me, "How the hell do you not have it?" <laughs> I got these headphones on my on my melon for the last thirty years. Maybe you do, and that's just why you don't hear anybody. Just don't notice it. Yeah. Um, and this is something to remember heading into the weekend. Play it safe. Don't be a weekend warrior. A study found deadly heart attacks are most likely to happen on a Monday. Wow. Yeah. And so. you've got the house to yourself oh, yeah. all weekend long. Yeah. Look out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, at what time do you want the wellness check? <laughs> the only thing I might suffer from is carpal tunnel. Is that what it's called? Is that what that is? Is that what I could get? You uh, very much so. <laughs> I'm well, you haven't gotten it yet. Oh, but it's going to be on overtime this weekend. <laughs> if you've got uh, somebody in your life, a family member, a friend who's uh, getting married this uh, summer, and you know uh, it ain't cheap if they're throwing the whole big schmoozle uh, about 40 grand is what a wedding will cost these days wow. that even seems a little low to me right yeah more but that's double what it would have cost about 20 years ago 30 years ago they say now a lot of wedding costs have gone way up because of the pandemic people had planned to get married in 2020 or 2021 couldn't do it and so now there's a surge for venues and photographers and wedding planners and florists and of course all of these uh, prices go up because everybody it's all in demand. Price of DJs supposedly gone way up. I guess they can just milk you for whatever they want now. Well, they also had a, 
a real bad run through the pandemic yeah. with no parties going on. Yeah. Make it up for it, perhaps. Uh, I don't know that I have ever been to a wedding. You see it in movies all the time, but I don't know that I've ever been to a wedding where there was a band. It's always a DJ. Oh, yeah, well, I know talking with the guys from Double the Pleasure that they, they do weddings. a lot of weddings, too. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I would, yeah, I mean, I guess it's... Um, More for the variety of music, generally, is what, you know, that's for right. the dancing, right? That's right, yeah. Um, and it's probably cheaper, too, to pay a DJ than a, than a full band. <laughs> Not necessarily. No, no, I guess the prices have gone up. <laughs> Double the Pleasure should uh, be uh, triple in their rates. The only uh, the only cost that's gone down, and this is odd, is the groom's attire, and I'm not I'm not sure why that would be, because you still either are going to rent a tux or buy a suit, and everything's gone up in value. So I'm assuming renting a tux is probably more expensive than it once was. Right. Although most people are buying a suit, I don't know why that would be less expensive, yeah. or maybe just being the same price. If I ever got married again, I'd just get married in that tux T-shirt. <laughs> That's a, that's a good look. Seems about right. Yeah. It, it really is unbelievably expensive. And the, the second you say that it's for a wedding, the price goes up, too, yeah. right? Yeah. I wonder how many battles go down, uh, especially if one person in a couple wants something small and intimate and not that crazy. And the other one wants something huge. And a lot of times, it's not even necessarily that the other one wants something huge. It's that the other one's parents want something huge. Right. Because they've doled out for so many weddings over the decades, and now it's their turn. For many, it's probably the first real compromise situation in yeah. a relationship. I mean, I was, I don't know if this is uh, me just being lazy or it's an old-fashioned thing, but I've always considered the wedding to really be the bride's day. Again, whether that's right or wrong, it's probably an old-fashioned way of thinking about things. So for me, whatever Maria wanted, I, I, I really didn't, uh, not that I didn't get involved, because I, in, I remember being at a lot of stores and looking at a lot of things and driving all over the city getting stuff, but... It was just like, okay, this is what we're going to hand out as the gift, fine. This is what we're going to eat, fine. Mm -hmm. This is what we're going to have it, fine. Yeah, fine. Right. You know, I always find it odd when, when men get a little too involved in all of that. You. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, organize your whole wedding. Well, uh, I, don't, I didn't organize it by any means. Adrian did most of the work when it came to all of that. You just that. told her what you wanted. No, I was the broker <laughs> between what she wanted uh -huh. and what my parents uh, had in mind as well, okay. too, right? Because yeah. it was the one wedding that they got to plan. Right, right. And a lot of the, and for them, they saw it as a, a, an occasion for their friends right? And, and a payback situation for all the weddings that they'd been to through all the years as well. So was there, uh, was there um, like a wide division of choices and wants, or did it kind of go fairly smoothly? Uh, it was fairly smooth. Yeah. When all, I keep saying, uh, too, like when it came down to like the week of the wedding, mm. my most repeated phrase was, F it, get it. Because <laughs> you know, it comes to the fine details of planning. You think you've got it all down. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, it turns out you need to cover the chairs at the ballroom because right. they're not the color you wanted them to be, apparently. So, yeah, F it, get it. 
I just remember uh, the biggest panic was when uh, we told my mother-in-law that we were getting married at a golf and country club and not an authentic Italian banquet hall. <laughs> she was so worried that the food would be right. crap that we actually had to go and sample a meal yeah. so, so that she could make sure. And luckily, the head chef happened to have worked in Italian banquet halls, so understood what she was looking for. We did that as well. It was interesting that uh, that tasting dinner that they did it generally was just for the couple. Mm. And we were like, no, 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 we need you know, yeah. the parents <laughs> who are footing the bill for this yeah. to uh, to be there as well. That's right. Yeah. And the only other panic was I had a Jeep sidekick, no, the Suzuki sidekick. Yeah. I had just bought it and like uh, a day before the wedding because this uh, golf and country club was a private place. And since we were getting married in October, I think the manager just thought, hey, I can make some quick cash off of this. <laughs> but then his Round board, out the season. Yeah. But then his board of directors caught wind and they went, well, first, he's not even a member, so we shouldn't be doing this. And two, they've only given us like a couple of grand and they're having like 250 people in here. <laughs> they claim they're going to pay the next day. So I, I, he called me and he goes, oh, we need more of a down payment. And I said, like, how much more? And he said, like, I don't know. I, I think he gave me a percentage and it worked out to whatever about my Suzuki sidekick was worth. <laughs> so I said, I just bought this. It was a year old or something. I said, I just bought this. You, I'll give you the ownership. Wow. If, if we don't pay, you keep the Jeep. Collateral? And he did. He took it. <laughs> then my brother-in-law, after we got married and we were on our honeymoon off the next day, he took a big Fat envelope of cash. <laughs> Give me the G. Rock mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.